welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 9. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And we are in the kitchen. Welcome to the kitchen tonight. We've got uh, myself and Mike and uh, a special guest with us. We've got Sheila with us tonight. Over the next few weeks, we've got several women that are going to be in the kitchen. Already lined up. And we are, we're just fired up about it because we're not, um, you know, just, we never set out to be solely just a men's No, we didn't. Ministry, but... You know, I'm going to get on my daughter's case tonight because she usually knows that we, we do the program on Tuesday nights, and I have in my lap a eight-week-old <laughs> female chihuahua, and she's being very good at this point. I'd, I'd much rather have my daughter watching her, but mm-hmm. I may have to put her picture on the website so you guys can see what Bitsy looks like. But She's been a blessing. You know, my, my daughter needed some a companion, a, a lap baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to miss her this week. She actually goes to camp, Camp Boggy Creek, and they have um, different segments, and then she goes during the kidney asthma week. They have doctors out there. They do oh, wow. her dialysis out there, and she has a ball. They ride horses. They camp out. They do just about anything that a, a regular child would do, but just under supervision, and, man, she cannot wait to go. I'm sure she can't. It's probably the only week that she's out of my supervision that I don't worry about her. (laughs) How was your week, Mike? Uh, It's been a challenging week. Uh, Work has uh, changed my schedule. Uh, God had me move from one place to another. So it's a a few new things that are going on that uh, uh, I've been been bringing to God on a daily basis on why, you know, why is this, why is that, and, you know, trying to, uh, and I shouldn't be, but trying to, figure things out or ask them why these things are you know what am I looking for what am I trying I'm supposed to see what am I supposed to hear from this so yeah, I know the Lord's been shutting some doors in he your has. life recently he has and anything new opened or you just kind of in the I th- transition I think, phase I think something is uh, on the horizon as you had said to me uh, about a year or so ago strap yourself in your ride is about ready to take off it could Amen. be that could be the time because someone did say to that that to me uh, Sunday in the lobby, almost those same words. So well, the Lord did tell me I get to see it. All right, I'm just as fired up as you are. <laughs> I got a front row seat. <laughs> Let's for that, go. Baby. Anyway, enough about us. We have a special guest in the kitchen tonight. We have Sheila Quinn with us tonight. Sheila, how are you? I'm fine. We have uh, wrangled her. Strapped her to the chair with duct tape, <laughs> and she yep. has uh, committed to give her testimony tonight. So we're going to let her talk a little bit and kind of give us uh, a testimonial about where she's come from, and I, I think it's going to bless you. Okay. Sheila, take it away. Okay. Speaking of Boggy Creek, I grew up in Kissimmee. I had a good childhood. Um, we didn't attend church regularly, but we did go periodically to church. But my childhood was good. High school was great. Um, right out of high school, I married my first husband. And I didn't realize he was nine years older than I was. I realized that. But he had a bad temper and a drinking problem. So our marriage lasted less than a year. He has since passed away from cancer. Oh, I wow. found out just recently. Um, so Cancer's I, no respecter of persons, is it? It is at all. not. It's not. No, no. 
after that, I stayed single for about four years. I wouldn't have anything to do with any guy except my dad and my brother. And talking with them, that was it. I didn't want to see a guy or nothing. <laughs> so then I met this other guy, and we had like a whirlwind romance. 30 days we were married. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever done it that fast. But pretty <laughs> fast. Yeah, it was quick. He wanted to move in together, and my dad said, no, if you love her enough to move in with her, then you should love her enough to marry her. Good for him. And do it the right way. So Old school. Yep. My parents are very old school. So we got married. Marriage lasted 25 years almost. Wow. Long time. I have two grown sons. I have a grandchild. One son is 24 and one's 26. The marriage, I didn't realize that the marriage was in trouble. I didn't realize that there was a problem. I had had double knee replacement surgery in December of 2007. I was laying in a rehab center in Winter Garden for six weeks, two blocks from my house. My ex-husband walks in and says, I want a divorce. I couldn't even walk. I had to learn to walk again because both knees had been done at the same time. And this was, this was during your hospital stay? Yes. That he did this? Yes. Walked right in and said, I want a divorce. Oh, nice. What a great guy. Mm. Yeah. I, I couldn't figure out. He didn't spend Christmas with me. He said he had to work. And he has a managerial position, so I, I took him at his word. He had to work. Um, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve wasn't there. My oldest son actually spent more time with me in the hospital and at the rehab center than my ex-husband did. He just kept saying it was work, it was work, you know, and I don't know if it's naive or just trusting in the person you love, what they're Probably saying. Probably both. You know? I think more the second one, though. Yeah, trusting. me too. Yeah, trust. Yeah. Because I was the same way. Yeah, I trusted him with my life, and uh, he crushed it. When I got out of rehab, I came home. I was in a wheelchair. I bumped the desk in the front room. He had left the com desktop computer on, and the screen had went black, so I guess he assumed he had turned it off. Up pops a memo, email, from this girl he was seeing about how they toasted in the new year, couldn't wait to be together, et cetera, et cetera. Counting back, there were like 65 emails altogether. My oldest son has a, now holds a computer science bachelor's degree. He immediately shut down the internet. My youngest son was at the University of Florida, so he was sort of away from everything when it happened. My oldest son lived through it. He lost a year of college because he was flunking classes. He was worried about me. You know, he wanted to be there for me. I fell apart. I cried all the time. You know, I, I just, I didn't know what to do. My ex says to me, we, we were paying for our son's apartment in Gainesville. And he said, here's his proposal to me. Why don't we just stay together and I'll leave on Friday afternoon and I'll be gone Friday afternoon after work, Saturday and Sunday to see her up in Lady Lake. And then I'll be home Monday through Thursday. Well, I 
<laughs> this was a proposal? Yeah, this was a proposal. This is what he wanted to do for, for four years or five years because our son was going to work on a Ph.D. Also, he wanted to do this. I wanted to keep the family together, so I tried it for two weeks. I couldn't do it. So I told him that I couldn't do it and that uh, I was going to see a lawyer. And he said, well, we can work this out. You know, let's, you know, sit down and draw up our own, you know, separation agreement. And I looked at him and said, you draw it up. I'm going in the, my bedroom. And when you get done, hand it to me. I'll look at it. And if I like it, fine. And if I don't, fine. So that's what we did. The lawyer drew up 30-page separation agreement. We were only going to stay separated because I have medical issues with my back and stuff. And that way I could stay on his insurance. He said he was never going to marry again. So it didn't matter. So we were separated for four years. He dropped me off his medical insurance two years into the separation. My dad had the lawyer put in there that if he dropped me off medical, he had to carry me under COBRA for three years. So he has carried me under COBRA for three years. Um, of course, pays alimony. Um, and he also has to pay $3,000 a year for my medical prescriptions and co-pays and expenses. Well, I think that's only fair. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's times that I thought I would just, I'd give all that up just to have my family back. It destroyed my family. Not just me, but my kids. My kids didn't speak to him for a year and a half. He has since married the girl that he left me for, which, come to find out, was a girl that he dated before me. <laughs> yeah, he met her on Facebook. So the internet killed my marriage. Good old FB. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get me started yeah, about really. that, brother. Yeah, they, they say 69% of marriages end because of the internet nowadays. Mm -hmm. That's what I seen the other day in the news. Yeah. And we uh, we talked about on the last podcast that I found out there was a 50% divorce rate in the, within the church. It's ridiculous. It's it's really bad. It's like a plague or something going through. I don't know what it, what's going on. He was out of the house by February 1st of 2008. He wanted to keep doing his thing he was getting on his motorcycle to leave i know i had the separation agreement in my hand and i wanted it signed now and he said no he says i'm leaving and i think he was going to take it to her and have her look at it because she had a degree in something or other and i said no you're not going i said we're still married that's half my motorcycle that's my saddlebag on one side that's my helmet and i started taking the stuff of course there was some names exchanged from him and I said, you know, if you want this stuff and you want to be, quote, separated, then I suggest that you come with me to a notary and you sign the separation agreement right now. Well, good for you. And for, I mean, at least for standing up for yourself uh, amongst the pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we went to the bank that we banked with and he signed it and had it notarized. Luckily, the bank was only about a mile and a half, two miles away because he called me everything and some things I'd never even heard all the way there and back. He got out, got his motorcycle, left and took off to Lady Lake. Comes back Sunday night. He walks in the house. Hi, how you doing? How's it going? Like nothing's even happening. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. 
So he left for work Monday, and I changed the locks on the house and the garage door. He come home, and my mom was there then because she was afraid of what he might do. He come home, and he couldn't get in the house. So he knocks on the door, and I go to the door, and I said, can I help you? And he said, um, yeah, my key's not working in the door. I said, that's because you don't live here anymore. I suggest you go get a U-Haul truck and get what you are allowed to take by the separation agreement and get out of here. So they were, you know, during that time I was really strong. But then after he left, it hit me and I fell apart. Um, I got really depressed. I moved like six times in two years. Did most of the moving by myself with a torn rotator cuff. Mm. Um, now, the moving, was it because of trying to be one step ahead or just you had to? Trying to feel trying to find a place that felt like home okay I the house that. the house that, that we had we lived in for 18 I, we lived in for 18 years my kids grew up there that was my home uh, when we bought it we were going to die there you know he said i'll be carried out of here in a pine box well he was carried out of there by a u-haul um same thing <laughs> yeah pretty close <laughs> that's what they're built out <laughs> yeah so i was trying to find a place that felt like home Nothing felt like home. Everywhere you know I was at, nothing felt like home. And I, when I was living at the Vistas at Lost Lake, which is behind real life, I hit rock bottom really bad. I thought, that, you know, I kept asking God why. Why did this happen to me? What had I done? What have I done to deserve this? And it's like he wasn't listening to me. So I thought about ending it and just giving up. Been there. It is am- amazing that her story ends up there mm-hmm. with a lot of folks that we've had on the program seem to have a similar uh, where they've been there. Yeah. You where ju- they've uh, contemplated. You just have no hope. Mm-hmm. You lose hope. Right. You lose faith. You you. I lost everything. Not just my family. I lost my future. Uh, you know, divorce is some. Actually, I think worse than the death of a spouse to a degree, because I agree. They're yeah, always yeah. they're always still around. Yeah. You know, I still have to deal with him. Going back to technology too, you've got remembrances all over the place. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, via Facebook and what what have you. His wife just posted on my son's Facebook page today as a matter of fact my son had put his diploma or his diploma from UCF he had finally gotten the mail he posted it up there and she congratulated him like right off first you know so there's always reminders not just to him but of her it's awkward absolutely and it also brings back a lot of things I told my mom actually a few weeks ago that uh I'd give everything up if I could have it back and have my house and have my family back. My mom thinks I was crazy. I don't know, maybe I was. Well, you know, and coming from that background myself, you think that's what you want. God is seemingly very quiet during this time, but he's really not. I mean, he's working things in your favor. He's working things out, right. And he's big time working 
I mean, he's you've got favor on your life because when you're at that lowest point in your life, God is strong. And he's That's working how it, it says it in the Bible. Exactly. Paul said it. I, I'm sorry I keep interrupting your story, but I feel like we're kindred spirit because we've been through a lot of the, the same, same emotion and mm-hmm. just, you know, swap the male-female figures in the story. You know, God has definitely got, got purpose for you. There's a reason why you've been kind of put through what Mike and I, we refer to as a Joseph calling. Are you, are you familiar with the story of Joseph? You know, how his mm-hmm. brothers cast him into a pit and oh, he was yes, sold yes. into slavery. And right. yes. He went from um, prison to second in command in less than 24 hours. So mm-hmm. we kind of feel like we've been kind of put through that, that Joseph calling or that Joseph test. You have as well. Yes. Um, when I lived at the Vista, I had went to real life because I s- tried to start dating, which uh, that's a whole nother thing. But I tried to start dating, and this guy that I was seeing, introdu- he introduced me to real life. And that's a good thing right there. Yeah, well, if you didn't get anything else out of it, he did you a favor. Well, uh, he's... Mm, I'll finish with him later. Anyway, I went to the... I was at the Vista. We weren't seeing each other anymore. And real life was like right out my back door, literally. I could walk right out my back door to the church. So I said, you know... I've got to do something. I've got to, I've got, I've got, I need help. That's all there is to it. So I went to church. I met Terry, uh, and she was teaching divorce care class. And I thought, divorce care class? Well, it's for people that went through a divorce. And I thought, okay, so I'll go. See what happens. I think to this day, I mean, God sent me there to that class. Oh, absolutely. If he hadn't have sent me there, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Even like you said, that the guy you started dating, that one little piece to the puzzle got you where God wanted you. That guy, speaking of him, tried to later on date again and pick up the relationship, but I had to put him in jail for domestic violence, dating violence. He had a knife sitting on a couch. He had busted in my apartment broke in and he was sitting on the couch with a knife waiting for me to walk through the door and again as I started to step over the threshold something told me back up and I think it was God pushing me back out of harm's way absolutely I would say so the guy jumped up and grabbed my arm but I got away from him I went to the landlord uh, who came down there and tried to reason with him but there was no reason with this guy at that time, I had moved to Leesburg, so I had lost a little contact with real life. I mean, still tried to come some on Saturdays, but it was a long ride. They caught the guy. I mean, they sent out, it looked like something from SWAT. It looked like I was in a movie, but they caught the guy. He did jail time, and uh, when he got out, he was told to leave the state and not come back. But, you know, it... it the divorce care class saved me, getting back to the divorce care mm-hmm. class. If it hadn't have been for Terry and the divorce care and meeting other women that had the same issues and some even worse, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't be sitting here looking at you. I'm right there with you, Sheila. I mean, if it hadn't been for Mike and Tim, you know, given their time, you know, divorce care was probably, besides real freedom, was the first involvement at the church that I got into. 
it saved my life as well. I have to yeah. credit that. I left here and went straight to the church because I just had to talk to somebody. I needed to talk to Terry or some somebody. And I talked to Terry, and she she says, you know, she says, I can look in your eyes and see that you've lost hope. And this was rec as recent as within the year. And she says, you need you need some help. You know, you've lost hope. You, you know, I think you need to go to Real Freedom. It's on Tuesday nights at 7. And I think maybe some counseling would help. But she said, you need to do something. And so I went to Real Freedom because real life and divorce care saved my life. That's what saved my life. Amen. It could do so much for so many other women. There were two women that came in Real Freedom one night, and they were in the group that I was in, and they were both just starting a divorce. And I felt so sorry for them. I gave them my phone number and everything. And Talk about, if you would, kind of back up the film for us to the time that you were you were battling depression and you were over in the apartments across the way from the church. When did God sort of appear in your life in a supernatural way? When did God kind of come on the scene and say, you know, Sheila, I got this? When did you start to feel a little hope? I was, like I said, suffering from severe depression. I was laying, I was in the apartment, windows closed, curtains closed all the time laying in bed crying it it got bad I didn't even want to take the dog out I didn't even want to get out of bed a lot of days I didn't get out of bed except just to take the dog out and come back you know every night I'd pray really hard asking God you know to help me that I just I didn't have the strength to get up and help myself my family never really knew the depths of what I where I was I told my mom a couple of weeks ago that I told her, and I said, you know, Mom, I said, you and Dad have no idea exactly how low I really was and exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, no, they try to help, but they they, they, don't, they yeah. really don't know. No, they don't. They, She says, well, you're in a nice apartment, and you've got a nice place. And, you know, I'm like, apartment and a place doesn't make it. It doesn't help depression. So anyway, I kept, you know, praying and you know, just wanting God to help me somehow because I didn't have the strength to get up and even just walk across to the church, you know. So I had a dream one night, and this is this is true. I had a dream one night that I was talking to God, and he was telling me he would help me, but I had to also help myself. I had to get up try to make that first step and that he would be beside me if i would make that first step okay i thought about it actually the dream was so vivid it sort of scared me there hmm. for for a little bit i thought about it for a couple of days still laying in the bed and then something you know it just clicked you know i got up i put one foot in front of the other I opened the curtains. I looked outside. It was a beautiful day. I went to real life. He just, I don't know, it was, it was just a dream to me, you know. But I guess it was him. That was his way of communicating to me that he would, you know, take my hand and help me. 
but I had to be willing to also help myself at the same time. He's good at uh, wanting to take uh, take your hand. He is, and he will find that avenue to communicate with you because uh, you Everyone may be is totally shut down. Right. You know, I mean, I remember him communicating with me through Joyce Meyer on TV and Creflo Dollar and mm-hmm. and uh, Doctor Stanley and whatever I'd be listening to if I'd be praying for an answer to something. <laughs> I'd click on the TV and the Doctor Stanley'd be talking about it. My daughter and I call them "Ah, you" moments, where we just look up and go, "Ah, you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sheila, thank you so much for coming by. I mean, I uh, I just feel like we could sit and talk all night. In fact, I might just brew up a pot of coffee and we may. Do <laughs> yeah, that. We, we could talk all night. I just, I want people to know, though. I want the women out there to know, and the men even that are having the same problem that you can get through it, that you can come out on the other side. I now have hope and faith i'm i'm doing great you know i've got my own place my parents helped me with that and it's paid off so <laughs> life's good i'm in a good place now great amen amen to that again thank you sheila for coming by I, i'm really looking forward to the next three weeks of having uh, women on god stories radio that's gonna be fantastic and she'll be the first one to pioneer it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we have, uh, I think, uh, Janet coming in. Jessica. Jessica. Jessica, Jessica next I'm sorry. week. And then, and then uh, Marcia. Okay. Uh, week three. Just want to do an early shout out for boot camp. All you guys that have been to Wild at Heart Boot Camp, which is uh, October 3 through 6 www.thelargerstory.com to get more information on that. And we are out of time. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself tonight. I have as well. I know there's some women and men out there that are going to benefit from it. I'm absolutely sure of that. It's what God set up. It's all of his. It is God's stories right now. Well, thank you guys for having me. So that wraps it up. This is Session 9 of God's Stories Radio. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless.